getting ready for this discussion tonight, I, I keep reflecting back on the fact that I'm Swedish by my by my cultural ancestry, and since I've become heathen, I have developed a new appreciation for the things that my mother does on Christmas Eve. Like what? Well, for one, it is a very pork-heavy meal. <laughs> there is ham, there is three different kinds of sausages, Swedish meatballs, there is herring, there is red cabbage. Wait, 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 herring is not a pork product. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but, it's, okay. it's the pork of the sea. <laughs> yes, because yes, it is very abundant and, you know, you've got a lot of it around Scandinavia, so you're going to eat a lot of it. The third white meat. <laughs> it, well, it's not white when we take care of it because we put it, my mother puts it in sherry and onions and dill and it's very tasty. Huh? And then instead, for example, also instead of having a star and angel on the tree, we have a Thompson on the tree. Oh, cool. And little Thompson, I was going to bring little Thompson cutouts that we've had that have been around since I was a little kid. But in Sweden, you don't. Santa Claus doesn't bring the gifts. You don't want to bring the gifts. That's awesome. That is really awesome. Yes. Cool. And actually, even when I was in, I was in Sweden for Yule when I was 13. And I remember one night watching TV and on the news, the newscaster was there. And at the end of the program, little Yule Thompson was on, the, was, on, was on the counter with him. And he's saying, oh, hi, Yule Thompson. And he's got his red and white outfit and his long beard and his hat and his sack. And he's getting ready to deliver all the gifts. It was actually very cute. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have Thompson on my tree, actually. There have been a couple of years that we've brought um, Thompson into our, our Yule Vigil and Yule um, Rituals, which we can talk about later. But, you know, Ikea is a wonderful thing for those of you who are apartment dwellers or heathens on a budget. You can get all kinds of Thompson at, at Ikea. So there's, there's my attitude, I guess. Buy it at Ikea! <laughs> people who have no Ding. idea what we're talking about, Tomta, T-O-M-T-E? Yeah, T-O-M-T-E, Tomta is the singular, and Tomta is the plural. And they're um, like little dwarfs, almost. Yeah, they're house, little, house yeah. spirits that come and do nice things well, for you. And they're, and they're not just house spirits either, it depends, because they're, 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 they're lay on the, lay, stay on the land, or they're with the house. Yeah. Kind of like gnomes. It's kind of like gnomes, yeah. only with redder hats. Wait. And they're cooler. <laughs> and they're cooler. Yeah. Okay. How about uh, Raven Kindred North? What do you guys get up to? Well, we stay up all night long and party. <laughs> hey, well, us too. Isn't that funny? Well, no, Yule, Yule's good for that. Well, beyond that, we also structure several different looks during the evening. Uh, it's not just about staying up and, and partying. There's a, there's a fair amount of other stuff that we do. Oh. We, we have... Uh, Goodbye, soon, honey. You know, we'll didn't last you. for too long, or sometimes. Uh. <laughs> well, the sentiment is that we we stay up and burn the Yule fires and burn candles and burn whatever we have lying around, so that houses, well, it cars, always starts, it always, monasteries. The fire, the fire that we start with is Your the enemies. first fire that we light. Is the fire that that kicks off the bloat to Suna, and the first log to light that fire is a piece of the maypole that we use from Old Fergus Night and May Day. Oh, that's awesome. What we a great always, way to connect the year. We, right. We always, we always burn a piece of, we always save and burn a piece of the maypole as the first thing that we burn. At and I've heard about that RKN maypole. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a whole other podcast. Um, so we, st we start everything off that way. And there's always, um, later in the evening, 
uh, sort of like a, a main float to all the gods and goddesses. There's any sort of oath or boast or toast or anything like that. That would be the time after having considered it very carefully. Ahem, ahem, ahem. To bring up those sort of things. And then we have an golden gloat later in the evening. And usually one or two other things going on based on what the community needs, based on who's around. Uh, one of our kinsmen does a now fairly famous, uh, what we call the Yule flighting. In other words, a roast <laughs> of anyone and everyone that has done anything silly at any point during the year. And nobody does anything silly out here. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Yeah, so, on, on a good day, it's rated R. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. See, the blocks fell over and everything. <laughs> so, you know, that always happens. And then, of course, when Suna rises in the morning, we have another Suna gloat to sort of cap everything off back where we started. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting to listen and hear the similarities. Um, we, too, uh, make a big deal about kind of doing a, a rule vigil throughout the night. Um, I, th I think... Um, you might think we stole the idea from our camp. <laughs> uh, for us, I'd say it's a little more social. I mean, we do a very, you know, large float uh, and then feast uh, during the day. We usually do have a sumble, or we try to. We, we do enjoy our sumbles. Uh, but then after that, it becomes a much more social... You know, just talking, sharing stories, and, and holding vigil through the night is, you know, at, as you're saying, with the flames being lit, and mm -hmm. whether it's the Yule fire or candles or whatever, we're uh, usually some, some kind of bowl. <laughs> Although, yeah. uh, depending on the location here at Paddy's, they don't actually have a fireplace, so it's usually some kind of representative uh, Yule log. With yeah, candles see, we make, we're mean. We make everybody prance outside in the cold, or whether it's cold or not. Make them go outside. <laughs> yeah. Well, well we, we, I mean, sorry, typically, at my, and this is something I guess apartment dwellers and, and household dwellers and city, city dwellers can, can take to heart too. Um, I usually go looking for one of those giant candles that has like three wicks in it. Yep. Um, I try to find unscented, although that's nigh impossible. Um, and I light that as the Yule candle, the Yule log. And then I, once we, we don't light it until our vigil. We let it go all night, and then I will continue to light it every sunset and leave it on uh, and burning as late as I possibly can, um, which for me is pretty late because I'm an insomniac, um, every night for the 12 nights of Yule as a way to sort of continue that tradition. And so that's something that I think people can... So go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no, not at all. I, I was just thinking about um, how we end it. It's, it's usually, you know, by dawn we go outside... And it's a very simple, uh, okay. our kindred style tends to be very from the heart and not a whole lot of uh, pre-planning with, with how we, uh, we'll okay, say, words of blessing or honor. I got it. Uh, we go out, we, uh, we have a kind of traditional chant we do, which is uh, fairly, well, why don't you yeah, start? Solstice night, you'll fire bright, waiting for the dawn. Solstice morn, soon a reborn, the wheel turns on and on. Yeah. And it repeats. We repeat that usually about three or four times, or until well, we feel it's as we feel moved. Uh, or how tired we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's a factor. But, mm -hmm. you know, there is that sense that we sit through the night with Sarah. 
Wait for her. coaxed her back, uh, which I think goes back to the, you know, before things even had a name. <laughs> yeah. With our way, 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 way back ancestors. Yeah, and I think, it's a, I think one of the things is to, uh, even if you yourself can't stay awake to keep a vigil, vigil would be the smartest thing, but maybe have it in shifts and always have some sort of light burning, some mm -hmm. sort of symbology, I think, is yeah. kind of important. Yeah, yeah, we're usually like, you know, if you end up falling asleep, you fall asleep. It's not like it's pressure. Right. You, you almost stay someone, awake. Right, but if you, only have, if you only have one person, I don't think it's necessarily the smartest thing to have a yeah. candle burning. Oh, yeah, do not have a candle burning all night yeah. if you're the only so, person there. Yeah, yeah, yeah please no. Yeah. Won't people we be around people. to see Suna? Yeah, sensibility. <laughs> sensibility. Find candle buddy. Yeah, exactly. Find a, get a candle buddy. We're, uh, we had a few technical difficulties. Speak up. Which ended up being minor. <laughs> And there's a banana phone. <laughs> there's I always forgot, a banana phone. I forgot where we left off. Uh, well, we're not on a Yule. Yule. We were talking about what different kindreds did. TRK traditions, I believe, we left off with. Yes, and we are talking about mead. Oh, one of the things that we do as a kindred that we started doing... Oh, yeah. Uh, well, at, at the solstices. Uh, yeah, at, the, at Midsummer and at Yule, we brew a mead. So our kindred brews a Yule mead at Yule. We bottle the midsummer mead that we brewed at midsummer, and then we use in our ritual the Yule mead that we brewed the year before. So this year we'll be using um, in bloat and sumble the um, Yule mead we the Yule mead we made last year, which was maple syrup, water, honey, par no cinnamon, and orange peel, yeah, and cloves. And that, that was we're gonna really hope that would be good. That was our first Yule mead, and when we followed it, it was already yeah. quite nice. So yeah, and the East Coast thing was even better. So yeah. Yeah. now, for those people, I just I feel like it's important to say this for people who don't drink alcohol. Um, you know, we're, we tend to be very mead focused people, but that doesn't mean you have to drink alcohol. I think um, apple cider, especially if you can get a fresh, local pressed apple cider, is a perfect substitute. Um, Milk. Yeah, milk. we always have. We always so if have. If you a get pot raw of, milk or fresh mm -hmm. milk, yeah. we always have a pot of cider that on the stove. Mulling. The whole yeah. mulling, the whole evening, the big giant lil. Yeah. So as silly as we get, and as 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 carousing as we can be, you know, it's also not a requirement, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's important to say that on a podcast. Well, and for us, it was a natural social activity because yeah. we have several brewers in the kindred. I think you're the only one who does it now. Yeah, uh, yeah. <gasps> I keep meaning to start. Well, now that I finally have a house, maybe that. <laughs> But uh, in any case, uh, I was actually interested in hearing some of the. Uh, actually, well, yes. Oh well, we're gonna we have to wait for a minute. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Interlude. We'll Sing the banana song. Ring, 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 ring. Well, ring, we can talk. One of the I guess yeah, we can. Um, but I wanted to kind of mention this as, as sort of a segue a little bit. One of the nice things about Sumble at Yule, um, Dave talked a little bit about how reflective Yule can be, um, and to me, one of my favorite parts of Yule is that community bonding that happens. Um, and Sumble is an especially significant part of that sort of community bonding mm -hmm. that can happen. At any time, but especially at Yule, we've had oaths made and kept, which is very dangerous, never make a, never make a rash oath. But um, we've had oaths made and kept, we've had support, we've had laughter, we've had tears. Um, and, you know, one of my favorite memories really is of Kay and her naming. Um, because although she doesn't remember, she was very small. Although K and small, it's kind of hard to say. But um, she was smaller. She was smaller. She's um, a very tall child. She's a very small child. Seen her. Dwarf giant. <laughs> well, that's because her father's head touches the sky. Oh, my yes. Now. Um, 
but what I, I think it was a really touching moment in that open ensemble when you know when uh, Kay's mom and dad here stood up and, and did a naming for their child right as part of our ensemble, and I think that that you know bonded our kindred to Axenfeld Sayad in a in a very sort of community way, um, and in a very much friendship based way, and, and it's just you know, it's one of my favorite memories of, of Jewel, so I figured I would share, and and I've stalled long enough and. Stacy's back, so it's you guys' <laughs> turn. In water. Well, we were certainly quite happy to have had this place to do that at, and such good people around to do it in front of. Yeah, for us, uh, Yule is, uh, you know, it's an interesting time. In a sense, it's a time that is really outside of normal time in a lot of important ways. Uh, there are important reasons why it's 12 nights. Like what? Like the way that we think of it is that, in a sense, at Yule, the world unmakes and remakes itself. Really? Yes. It's the beginning and the end of the year, kind of in the opposite order, the end and then the beginning, probably. And so the world comes apart and comes back together again, just as the sun almost goes away and then comes back. Hmm. Um, it's 12 nights correspond in a lot of different ways to the 12 months that are normally a part of the year. Uh, if you're using an old Germanic calendar, occasionally you have a 13th extra month, but that's a complication that we won't go into on this podcast. You know, I actually never thought of that, and it makes so much sense. 12 days of Yule, 12 months in the year. I'm feeling that egg on the face moment. Um, well. <laughs> like, wow, that's totally obvious, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and in a lot of ways, we take things that happen during the 12 days of Yule, or the 12 nights of Yule, actually, to be... Uh, to, to be, you know, prognostications of what's going to come during the sort of equivalent month of the year. And we've had a few rather spectacular examples of how that really works, in fact. Mm. There are a number of things that folklore tells us about what's important about Yule. One that for us is the most important is the idea that you shouldn't be doing work or business during Yule. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, there are... There, you know, I don't know if you want to quite call them myths. I suppose closer to legends or folk tales about Frau Holda, who, if you haven't finished your spinning and you continue doing it during Yule, she'll mess up your spinning. Sometimes she'll mess you up. Hmm. Cut, cut open your belly and fill your innards full of straw and well, stuff. She's just kind of grumpy. Uh, so you shouldn't <laughs> be doing your spinning during Yule. You shouldn't be doing your work during Yule. And we take this very seriously. We won't do any kind of of uh, you know business for a fed during the twelve nights. Mm -hmm. uh, the twelve nights are not for that. I know a lot of other tribes that do that too. I mean, our kindred. I don't think we've paid that much attention to it, but I do know another, uh, uh, not just Thaidish right. tribes, but just tribes in general that well, it's, it's, and kindreds and groups that do that. Yeah, it's well, certainly in the lore. Yeah. I mean, so it, you know, it, it would make sense that people who paid some attention to the lore would do that. Yeah. Were you gonna? I was gonna say, fortunately enough, our can really doesn't. Have yeah, see, we don't business. have business a lot. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, it's yeah. it's almost a tradition, although, well, yeah, it is a tradition for us that, like, right at the beginning of Yule, we'll come out with a big abandoning about various things that are going to change for the next year. Now, what's an abandoning for people who are not abandoning? It's, you know, an announcement? a report, an announcement to the world or whatever <clears throat> part of the world cares about what your Thayet is doing. Which so it's not necessarily like a serious. <coughs> Law-making well, thing, except when it is? In so. some sense, it generally is. I mean, if, if you're doing something official like that, it should probably have some serious aspect to it. But it's, it's yeah, it's just, it's just an announcement. It's just yeah. an announcement. 
So we send out an announcement, usually right, you know, sunset the night that you will start is coming, and, and, you know, about five minutes before I'll send out my announcement often enough. Yeah, I know that, I mean, that's, sorry to interrupt you again, but, because I said, well, this is my job, apparently, is to interrupt you while you're talking, but uh, <laughs> I, I know that traditionally time was reckoned from sunset to sunrise. Right, and I think it's right. important to kind of keep in mind, you know, listening, oh, listening audience, hello, listening audience. There's, there's a lot of reason why we talk mm-hmm. about the 12 Nights of Yule, why you find a lot of sort of older Germanic holidays, they'll start with night. Even when we talk about Christmas and Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve isn't the day before Christmas. Christmas Eve is the eve when mm-hmm. Christmas starts, because for the Germanic peoples, just like the Jews, the day starts at sunset. Yeah. Uh, it was the Romans who thought that it started some other time for some strange Roman. reason that makes no sense whatsoever. Sunset is a very reasonable time to start a day. <laughs> uh, and in fact, if you look in uh, the old English language, for example, you'll find that, you know, Wodenus Day, Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, the night before that, starting at sunset, was called Wodenus Aphid, Wednesday evening, Wodenus hmm. evening. And, and so you have evening and then day. Yeah. And indeed, Christmas Eve, right? You know, it's yeah. the evening before Christmas. It's the evening when Christmas really starts. Oh. And so, for and those New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, exactly yeah. the same thing. And so, for it's funny the way that our modern traditions have sort of kept that, even though we don't. Yeah, we don't understand it at all, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we think you know we talk about the morning of Christmas Eve, which is a completely bizarre thing to say, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't work. No. Yeah. We used but, to, I mean, it's completely secular, but my friends and I used to get together on Christmas Day Eve for Chinese, because who else is open? Um, but, <laughs> okay, now that Christmas Day is over, and what are we going to do with the rest of our evening? But that's completely aside the point, I guess. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so, the you know, Yule starts for us. The first night of Yule is mother, Mother's Night. Yep, it's Night true. of Mothers, plural, Mother. Mm-hmm. And that we take to be a night that's holy to, to the Deseer. Uh, to use the, the Norse terminology, to the female ancestors. Now, is that on the solstice? That's like, when like, we so what tend TRK to is, it, What yes. TRK is doing as a, a vigil is when you would see your mother's night? Right, it would, be, it would be the you know, sunset before the solstice. Okay. Yeah. So like 20th this year, for example. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly yet what time on what day the solstice is, but the sunset before that is when the <laughs> It's so funny how like our ancient... Forebears would just sort of know. You know like we know have to actually calculate it, kind of. I think in ways that I don't know that they had to. I think they would just sort of say, "Well, looks like it's about time." I I, I think that they had pretty sophisticated ways of figuring out the solstices. Well, yeah, that's definitely and true. Considering how important this was for their growing and the agricultural stuff, it's only their lives that depend on whether or not they get all this stuff right. So. We miss it by a day or two. Oh well, they miss it by a day or two. People die, right? And and I think that uh, I mean, like I say, I think they had fairly sophisticated ways of figuring out the solstices. The equinoxes were more difficult. Mm. Mm-hmm. And although we tend, well, we heathens—I say we, but I don't—heathens tend to celebrate, you know, Ostara, for instance, on the equinox. I don't think that's correct. I think it's actually the full moon after the. Again, long calendar story that doesn't. And that's a whole different <laughs> podcast. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Sandy. Cool.
Well, that's awesome. It's, it's been, it's, it's actually been really cool that you guys have been around because I think that um, our kindred folks around a lot that we don't have to look up books anymore and read things because we have cared. <laughs> and when we don't have cared, we have Stacy. Because between the two of them, they know most of what we need to know. But I think that it's one of the cool things about knowing you guys is that just that depth of folklore that I, I think that we know, but we don't consider sometimes. We don't always know. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? Because you guys have John Sear, which is almost like having a Garrett around, really. Because I've been in conversation with John Sear, and he's kind of spooky. Yeah, he's not necessarily the most well-known for being a lore guy, but he kind of is. He's, you can't be a scald and not have a love for the lore, I think. It kind of goes together. Uh, I think for us, we're such a... We're such a... I don't want to say... How can I put it? Old and crotchety? Well, no, we're, we're very, I think we're, in, in general, we within our group have such a wide diversity of, of thought on different subjects that we wind up falling somewhere in the middle of this sort of general modernist bent. And the rest of it, while we consider, uh, I'm not sure how much we really do uphold. Some of it, I think, definitely should be. I, I think there should be a resurgence in some of that stuff, really. But it's not a general part of our history as a, as a kindred. You guys were talking before we started recording, and I kind of wanted to go back to that about the significance of dreams, because that was kind of a, a cool conversation where you were saying that watching your dreams at the time of Yule is a really important thing. Right. There are, and there are a number of different ways in which this is important. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there are a few things happening at Yule. One of them is, as we talked about already, this idea that the various, you know, that, that Yule, in a sense, is sort of a mini-year, and, and the course of Yule is sort of a, a, a premonition of what's going to happen in the year ahead. People have reported to me often that, that their dreams over the course of the Twelfth Nights correspond to their uh, year that follows, month by month. So make sure you write down your dreams, guys, because if you forget, you'll never notice, I guess. <laughs> yeah, if you forget, you don't. It's going to be a forgetful year. <laughs> it seems to me that it might be a cool, I don't want to say experiment, but sort of matching to see if that works, to have a, have a calendar candy for the upcoming year, and the first dream you have, put it in January, and again, so when you flip open for that next month, you're reading what it was your thoughts were mm -hmm. at this time about the upcoming year and see how it actually pans out. That'd be interesting. Yeah, really fascinating. Yeah, one, yeah. Uh, one example I have of that is uh, one dream that I had in uh, Yule of uh, 2004. It was about the fourth night. I had a dream about an aunt of mine who had passed away when I was in high school. And I'd gone into her house and she was sitting there at her dining room table. And I sat down and I was talking to her and she eventually said, well, she got up to leave. And I was like, well, where are you going? I, I have so many things I need to ask you. And she touched my hand, patted it, and said, it's okay. I'm coming back. And then it happened that the fourth month of that year, of the 2005, I ended up becoming pregnant with my daughter. So, And that's why she's, well, named, after that's why she's named after my aunt who had passed away. 
Be so pay attention to those dreams. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't touch the maple. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to. Unless you want Unless to. You want to. <laughs> I mean, we, we certainly wouldn't want to discourage people from touching the maple if that's what they're looking for. You know. Right. Well, <laughs> I want your microphone. But yeah, because this, I mean, it's Yule time, uh-huh. because there is, you know, so much of that endings and beginnings, it is very much a time of divination, a time of foretelling for that new year. Mm-hmm. Lots of folks do draw runes. Lots of yep. folks do, you know, a little bit of prognostication, divination, all that fun stuff to get a to get a glimpse as to what that new year is going to hold. Right. Yeah, that's one thing our kindred does in our Yule blog is generally we draw a rune. We each draw a rune and kind of take it home for our sigil for the year um, to kind of give us a clue. Um, yeah, as part of our our. When did we start doing that? Was that at that public float that before yes. I was before I assimilated my kindred? <laughs> yeah, we we um we try and incorporate the concept that what you're doing now is going to have a lot of bearing on the year to come. We we uh like you were talking about earlier, how get one of those big candles, and for our can, it's significant that it be three wicks because mm-hmm. we have a sort of our logo, our our anthem is Frith, Luck, and Honor. So it's important, the lights, each each wick represents also one, one for Frith, Frith one Luck, one. and Honor. I just like three because it's one of them numbers. So. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. It's convenient how that works out. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it, 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 we didn't do that on purpose. Or, mm-hmm. She says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just and then around, around that, we get a wreath, and we have a velveteen ribbon, and everybody writes some sort of wish or thought or some hope for the upcoming year and ties it to the wreath and that stays around the candle that becomes our vigil light, our representation of Suna, until the next morning when we do our welcome back to Suna and then we burn that. And all of that, all of those thoughts, everything that's been gathered around that light throughout the entire evening, plus all these hopes and wishes goes up with it. Cool. I, we like to keep some Yule greenery around and then burn it at midsummer to use it to light the midsummer fires. Um, and that's usually like the Yule wreath on the door or whatever. You know, somehow we try to have a, a live piece of greenery that we keep all year round and then burn. Well, it's pretty dead by that point. <laughs> all right. A know. real. Oh, we 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 we, we have we, we certainly have never had an instance where um the Yule tree that was in our hostess's house happened to be put on the side of her house and was somehow Oops. just around <laughs> six months later. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Just happened to be around. Happened to get burnt. I don't know. Funny how those things were out. So speaking of live trees, what do folks do about said trees? You know, that's very interesting. When I, um, when I was first uh, kind of exploring paganism in general, hadn't discovered heathenry yet. Uh, I was newly divorced, living in a small apartment, uh, but I wanted something, and my mom suggested that she had um, my grandmother's uh, small artificial tree, Mm -hmm. um, which she had always used in her apartment in her later years. I said, boy, that's neat, because then, yeah, I'd love that, because then I'll have that connection to her. And it was was before I was even... uh, before I even became heathen and, and aware of the whole Desir 
concept. I think in my family in particular, the idea of, of, of staying in touch with our ancestors has always been a strong one. Uh, my mom, who is uh, firmly Christian, uh, you know, still speaks of my grandmother as an angel who's watching over us. And you know what? That's fine by me. My grandmother has actually been at a couple of our Yules, which is nice. It's hard to come. But uh, that's, uh, you know, now with, we have a little more space. We're open for a, uh, a real tree of, of greater size. So. Yeah. Um, I use a fake tree for the entirely practical reason that I'm allergic. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> I've tried being around a real fir tree or a pine tree in the house, and I am sick for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I have nothing so, against, so I mean, you know, all like it, all <laughs> sort of ecological reasons aside, it, it's really allergies. Yeah. So if, if you can't use the, a real tree, a live tree, don't worry about it because your health is more important. No Make sure to what. dust them because they gather a lot of dust and I'm allergic to that too. Uh, <laughs> well, in theory, you can always go outside finding a tree and decorate that. That's true. We do have a yew tree out back that sometimes we'll tie ribbons to or do yeah, ribbons, popcorn, cranberries. Yeah, lots of really cool stuff you can do. Yeah. What? Unless you're, you're Sandy smirking. and everything in your house dies. Sandy's smirking, everybody. <laughs> I love you, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> I am Mr. Grinch. As long as it's outside and not decorated with anything sparkly or reflective or anything, it'll be fine. Damn skippy. <laughs> so, as someone who usually does Yule stuff solitary, it's really nice and refreshing to hear about what people do in groups. Yeah. Because I, my fellowship is spread literally throughout the U.S. and across the Atlantic, so none of us can... I have one member who is in the area with me, and our schedules don't always work out. Two members are now in Oregon. One is in Texas, and one is in the UK. And we're still establishing our tradition. How often do you get together? We can't get together. Not all of us have even met in person yet, the joys of the internet. But we all, a lot of us have different traditions that we do. Like, our members who are in Oregon are are even more Odin-centric than I am. And yes, people who know me are laughing right now. But they focus on the energy of the wild hunt which is from the folklore of Odin riding the wild hunt throughout the year. I actually, there was a video on YouTube I just saw today. It's a a metal song with, I guess they had had a contest Uh to have a video made to it, and it's Odin riding Sleipnir, gathering up a dead soul, and it is... It's it's awesome, and at the See, same time, it's go Google YouTube. Go Google YouTube. I can't. I wish I could remember, and maybe by the time this is up, I'll I'll be able to provide a link. But it's just really funny, and at the same time, really cool that they, they emphasize the wild hunt. And another of our members, who is actually the other local member to me, works through the Twelve Nights of Yule doing a cycle with Fergus Handmaidens. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, because and it's dependent on just what kind of where our interest lies because the fellowship are more focused on devotional activities than actual bloat. So we're still developing our traditions and figuring out who needs to do what. And it's like what we're called to do. And different people will have different things. Yeah. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I like the yeah. idea. Of, uh, but I like the idea of developing traditions like that too. Yeah. Like I think our kindred has, has done yeah. a lot of that. Like we've just sort of we're developing. You know, oh yeah, we, we, certainly, we certainly do. I think we're, we're not as old-fashioned as RKM. We haven't been around forever. <laughs> we're, co- we're freaking codgers. They are really we're the eight hundred-pound gorilla out well, here. You know, since <laughs> I was just thinking about how our kindred is and we were solitary for a long time too. Yeah, but in terms of uh, like what you're saying about the, that person, uh, her uh, focus on the wild hunt, 
I think our focus is perhaps more vonic, you know, with the brewing. Now, why would that be? Or, <laughs> I don't know, Frizz woman. <laughs> uh, I didn't start it. They were like that when yeah, I met yeah, them. Yeah. But uh, we, for us, the main focus, I would say, is sooner. Yeah, absolutely. And then, to a lesser degree, with the mead making, perhaps Frey. Mm-hmm. Um, or Aegir. Or Aegir. Mm-hmm. What about you guys, Axenthal? Do you have uh, a particular focus? Or? Well, I mean, during Yule, Woden should come up. Well, yes. Wishfather. Uh, and uh, uh, on the other hand, uh, the mothers are very important. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why that first note is called that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have uh, references in the sagas of people being turned away. Um, at Mother's Night, like I'm sorry, we're doing yeah, Mother's Night. I forget exactly which song it is, but it says, "No, I'm sorry, you can't come in." Is it Winter Night? Yeah, 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 it's May I call for? You can all now know I am not part. <laughs> just now. Just yes. just this one time. Can't have scandal recorded. Yeah, now it's on. Make sure you edit that out. The Steerswoman shall be all wise. Edit that out. I think actually, I think that's. That's why RKN has wound up doing like several different things because we've got so many different different points of view. Yeah. And we want to make sure that because it's kind of important and we're all there and we're surrounded by people who are very important to us that all of this stuff get recognized. Tuna get recognized. Odin get recognized. You know, all that stuff. How do we connect with uh, our very, like, you, I think brought up Suli another really good point with that whole you guys being so distant from one mm-hmm. another. You know, our kindred now has members in, gosh, Connecticut, Virginia, Arizona, and Colorado. Um, you have members in Germany. Yes, we do. Yes, we will not speak of New England because they own all of New England, Arcane. No. <laughs> <laughs> they wish. Only ma- only ma- our sources own the world. Your sources own the world. Only Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Maine. Anyway, back to you. Anyway, and Gulf, you guys are spread out pretty far. Yep. Connecticut and Texas, right next to each other. (laughs) Well, there's that space between that Rod Lanthrop is going to kill me when I say this because he always does. But, you know, there be dragons sort of between. (laughs) (laughs) I'm teasing all you Midwesterners. I'm really teasing. But, I mean, what are some of the ways that that we stay in touch? I mean, for us, we jokingly refer to it as the drunk dial. You know, being drunk is not actually required, you know. But it helps. But it helps. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> you know, but, you know, we, we sort of time it, because, you know, Nicole's on the East Coast, so that's the same time as on the uh, So she probably gets the first phone call, you know, and then Brian and Ben are in Arizona and Colorado, respectively, so we kind of wait those extra two hours. Because yeah, for we us it's the opposite, way, the opposite way, because Ingmar's in Germany, we kind of come up and say, how's this, how's Suna looking? <laughs> she up yet where you are? Because he's six hours ahead of us, so. Yeah. 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 And what we do too is we um, we pass the phone, and everybody who is present gets to say hello, whether you actually know who's on the other end of the phone or not, which can lead to some very hilarious sort of perplex. Hello. <laughs> I'm talking to some. Um, here it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what well, about the, you guys? The funny thing is, or you mentioned that we've of course been here when you've done that a few times. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the longer conversations I've had with one of your people happened in that context of the, you know, calling him while he was off in a foreign land, Mm -hmm. as he still is. I I, I don't think that I had talked to him just, you know, 
straight on for as long as I talked to him one time doing that. It's, it's really kind of funny. Um, but, you know, we, we've, like, going back to our ridiculously long time being involved in groups that are separated. Yeah, you guys know that Garmin dude, right? We, we, yeah, we, we. So you go back way. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I like how you refer to his dude. Way in the past. That's the polite form. Dude. Yeah, well, yeah. He, 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 I mean, that's one of the secret old, old Icelandic forms that not many people know about. Gotcha, gotcha. Lord is yeah. very new. Yeah, Lord is very new. Dude is much older and much dude, more level. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. I mean, since this is, yeah, we, we should clarify Garmin has a lot to do with our being who we are and what we are religiously uh, and has been a very positive influence on. Uh, and, and long ago, we would, I mean, when we were spread in this, these little sort of, you know, groups all over the country, we would do things, and we'd have phone symbols and stuff. <laughs> How does a phone symbol work? And, and I, um, I, well, it, uh, it, speakerphone? it doesn't work well. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's better than nothing, yeah. uh, but it really is, you know, a, a sad replacement for actual human contact. Of course, yeah. And, and in the end, it really comes down to, you know, I I like doing things like trying, when possible, to sort of synchronize the sorts of, uh, uh, you know, rituals of whatever kind that we're doing with people in other places or whatever. But the fact is, is whatever you're doing, uh, the best thing is at some point in the year at least to get together. Yeah, if you can at all, right. For us, it's really become East Coast thing, which is a whole different podcast, yes. too, but... But yeah, at least once a year when we can all sort of plan, you know, um, come, let me see, there's a young person here, uh, you know, come Niflheim or hot water. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. try to get together at least once a year, but it is t- it's tough. It's tough when you're spread out all over mm-hmm. the place. And we, or we so can, in this case, like if you're solitary, it's yeah. really hard. Yeah. You can imagine that back in, you know, the day, so to speak. Yule was not a time when people were doing a lot of traveling to get large groups of people together. Yeah, I'd say no. And so, you know, one one would assume that there was probably a lot of not entirely isolated, because people just weren't isolated the way we are. But there was a lot of more local than larger things. Mm -hmm. Uh, You would expect, you know, like, as opposed to everybody getting together at the, the center of some larger I don't know, geographical area, people would get together in their villages or, or even just, you know, focus more on the home. In the long haul, yeah. Because it was freaking cold and travel was not a good idea at this point. And yeah, that's so. one thing I, I think that we'll never really understand. You know, I mean, I try, I try, I, I'm sort of, it's interesting the way that I walk between modern and, and traditional sometimes. But, you know, as long as we are in a world of central heat, you know, or cars with heat, of any kind, I don't think that we'll ever really understand what it means to be that connected. Are you losing me? Is that what? Not you. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Um, and I, I think it's a, it's a really good point because winters were short, only long, sorry. Lives were yeah, short, yeah, dirty yeah, and hard. Lives were short, winter long. Winters were long. When life was hard. No, but and not everybody is acclimatized to that really either. Yeah, really. And I mean, we live all over the country now. I mean, all of us are here in New England, but I mean, certainly uh, Garrett scoffs at us when we talk about how cold it is here, because yeah. uh, he's from North Dakota, where apparently the trees just kind of go, 
And then the snow falls? Well, well sure. You know, one, day, <laughs> one day it's 50, the next day it's 19, and birds freeze and fall out of your trees. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't really have that in New England, even though you know we're known for our harsh, cold weather. Uh, compared to Florida, or, or Southern oh, California, uh, or Texas, yeah. I mean, although part, you know, it's not that they don't get cold. To be fair, yeah, either. to be fair, Florida gets cold, Florida but not gets like cold. here. My parents call, right. my parents live just north of Miami, and they're like, geez, it's down to 60 degrees, we had to put on our gloves, and I just, <gasps> I cursed at them, you know, I admitted I'm a bad daughter, Trauma. I them, you know, shock, but, uh, but you, I, that, you know, Yule happens, whether it's Icelandic frozen or not, and, mm. uh. So it's interesting to think about, I guess. Now, what about some of the, uh, I mean, we've been talking a lot about kindred and, mm-hmm. and group traditions. What about some of the personal traditions? Like, I had never heard of your tradition, Patty. It involves the uh, hiding of a certain or- ornament oh, on a tree. Oh, <laughs> you want me to talk about playing hide the pickle? Yeah. <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast, we promise. Tell us about your ornament, Tell Patty. me about, tell us, everybody tell, oh boy. All right, so this is not a Vanek thing, I swear. It's a Germanic tradition. <laughs> um, and I, I really, is before I was heathen, even. I mean, I was generic neo-pagan forever. Um, and I'd heard about this tradition that there would be an ornament shaped like a pickle. And you would hide it somewhere on your tree, you being the adult. And you would open the doors, and all the kids would come in, and they would find the ornament, and whoever found the ornament first would get a special present. It's the pickle present. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. And, uh, oh dear, this is like circa 90, 1990, I don't even want to accost to being that old. 1990-something. And I actually received a, a, a pickle ornament as a present from, of all people, my district manager. I was in retail at the time, and she happened to be at Disney World on her honeymoon, because I guess, where else do you go? And saw this ornament and went, oh my goodness, it's the pickle. And her husband was like, what? And she's like, no, Patty told me about the pickle. And apparently he said, chatty Patty? He said, yes, yeah. so they had this whole chatty Patty with the pickle conversation. <laughs> And, oh, uh, and I ended up with this pickle ornament, and it's on my tree. And I, every year, I right now, I will tell you all in the listening audience that the pickle is very evident. It's right in the middle, right out front. You can't miss the thing, unless you aren't looking for it, I guess. But at Yule, before Yule begins, I will hide the pickle ornament somewhere on the tree. And during Yule, um, I'll have, it's usually the kids for that, because we have, Mike has uh, two boys, and... Um, our kinswoman has a, has a lovely daughter, and we have Kay, and we have various other children who come to Yule. Um, and they will hunt for a pickle ornament, and then we'll get a special gift on top of the other presents that they would receive. And we even do it for our annual holiday party now. I have an adult pickle present, too. So people do come to my house to find my pickle, and I find it. I found it one year. The first <laughs> year, in fact, that I came for the holiday party. Karen and Stacy found it. I found it Twice. the first year, and he found it the second year. Yeah. Oh, you kid. <laughs> okay. no. so, I Patty, do you, you have small children look through your tree for your pickle no I don't deny that I can't you guys all have it down on video I, I'm <laughs> glad that I found your pickle when I did because if a child had I mean the pickle present was not appropriate no wasn't that like scotch that year or something yeah, a, <laughs> a bottle of, of uh, Bowmore uh, a bottle of Bowmore very yeah. nice yep yeah. And, yeah, so every, and I, try, I do try to be Age appropriate in my kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, do you like scotch? Twelve-year-old does not get the twelve-year-old. Yeah, no, the twelve-year-old does not get the twelve-year-old scotch. Uh, but I try no, they to give the blended malts. 
This is all a joke. This is all very much yeah. Italy. Last year, the kids' present was actually a gnome that oh, yeah. came on. It came on a different, like it came on this little thing of grass, and it was almost like a Mr. Potato Head, where it has like little flowers or little trees or little things that you could add to the grass, and then it had different backgrounds that you could use, so you could have like your gnome throughout the seasons. And that. Um, Rod Landreth actually has one of those too because I gave it to him. But yeah, and then I think we got scotch. Who knows? One year you got. Did you guys get the the uh, Platter that I would Yes. I got the platter. That's right. You guys got the platter. She I got the platter. I got the scotch. Perfect. And I think Such that says everything about Karen to Stacy that it needs to say. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up very well. Yeah, and you guys usually miss this because you have your own holiday party. Yeah. <laughs> and and Rick Oberg does a uh, oh oh Rick Oberg on the podcast. He, <laughs> he does a vigil too, doesn't he? Yes. Usually, our can has a tradition of having, hosting an event, a bloat, or whatever, the third weekend of the month, every month. Which makes it easy to schedule, really. Exactly. So, we usually do our Yule, Mm -hmm. unless it actually falls on, say, Christmas, where there are a lot of people who have other family obligations or whatever, on the third weekend of the month, regardless of whether it's the actual... The actual solstice or not. Rick, our kinsman, holds a, a pretty much a vigil of his own on the actual solstice. He has an ancestor, a whole ancestor off altar all, with all the names of his ancestors, all that stuff there. And, um, yeah, it, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. So it. It sort of takes a lot of, it sort of takes a lot of time to do both. It's pretty much wiped out just after. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I, I do. I would do a vigil regardless on the solstice. There have been a couple times when it's the middle of the week, and I know Mike's been there, or Garrett's been there, a couple of other people. But you know, as long as it's on a weekend, we just do both together because it's, as you say, less to recover from. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Yeah. This year though, it's on Sunday, so. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing two days in a row. Eep. Two days in a row. Sleep, <laughs> sleep is for the week. <laughs> Sun will no, rise. That's what my kids, we'll my sleep kids, when we're done. There's a big joke that my, my kinsman Jeff and I are, are usually the last two standing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've kind of come up with this concept that everything is funny at 5 a.m. Oh, totally. And, and it's, this, is, this is the bonding that happens. Garrett and I have had that moment. I know, like between it's like like sunrise this year on the twenty second. It's at seven fifteen in the morning because I've looked it up. Mm-hmm. Eastern Standard Time, of course. But yeah, long about five or six. You know, every people who are awake are standing because there is no sitting because sitting means sleep. Uh-huh. You know, and and like Cartoon Network is on, or or it's like, hey, let's listen to Ao and shout that Ao out of out of the extended edition of Lord of the Rings for the umpteenth <laughs> time because isn't it cool? And it's like really awesome. So, you know, and that, yeah, everything's funny at 5 a.m. <laughs> uh, we're, 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 singing in Old English is cool no matter what time it is. Again, we're blessed with a, a kitchen who has an extensive video collection. So, mm-hmm. bizarre Japanese movies that make absolutely no sense. 5 a.m., perfect. 
<laughs> yep, and then you start looking at the clock, and then you start looking at the different clocks. I don't know about you guys, but at my house, almost every clock says a different time. Oh. You know, we've got about five minutes, so it's not like bad, but you know, so we start going, is it 7.15 yet? No, this one says it's 7.13. Yeah, but what does that one say? <laughs> we actually we, we also have our old standbys of, uh, you know, thir- 13th Warrior. 13th Warrior. The Vikings. The Vikings. The Vikings. Viking hot uh, pants. Woo! Hail Ragnar. Hail, Hail Ragnar's, Ragnar's beard. beard. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't seen the Vikings, go rent it today. Tony Curtis in the Viking hot pants. <laughs> or if you're masochistic, go rent the Norseman. The Norseman, yeah. <laughs> Six million dollar Viking. I tried to watch Grendel on the Sci-Fi Network the other night, and I think oh, I got sorry. through about 20 minutes and was like, okay, enough. And I'm usually tolerant of cheese, but man, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Wicker Man, it's entirely the wrong time of year to watch Yeah, oh, I yeah. can't really watch Wicker Man. But fire is always great on you. <laughs> right. Yeah, See, I scare people by giggling at the end of Wicker Man. Oh, don't we all? <laughs> well, the best part is we, we actually, Dave and I just... Completely sober. Dave and I just watched uh, the Wicker Man. The new one? No, the old God. one. Okay, cool. There is no new one. Oh, and that's had, not, that's that's, that, that, and the person that we watched that it with had the, 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 like, the extras, DVD extras, and all of them are talking about how friggin' cold it was while they were video videotaping this oh, this springtime, summer, happy mm-hmm. thing. It was so cold that they walked around with ice in their mouth to prevent the frost. Wow. Oh. Wow. They're filming it in, in Scotland. De- December in northern Scotland. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. He's like, yeah, it's bright, it's shiny, and it was freaking cold. <laughs> Little known facts. Have Yule, everybody. Have Yule. I will say my favorite thing about Yule, Mm -hmm. the way it works Oh, yeah, what's our favorite stuff about Yule? That's a good question. My favorite thing about Yule is where I work now is I actually have about a week off from work, and I've managed to accumulate enough vacation time that I can arrange it such that I have two weeks off now. And the last few years, I've especially been appreciative of the fact that I have that downtime. Yule becomes to be a very, very quiet time, and it's just... Mm -hmm. It's it's like a time to decompress and take in everything that's happened from the year and prepare yourself for the year that's upcoming. Because I had one year a couple of years ago where my mother was very sick, so I spent my Yule taking care of her. And I know the Yule after that, I was I was just like, oh, I'm so glad I just can do nothing at all for about a week and a half. Yeah. And this year it's going to be just over two weeks of nothing. Although I will say I have cousins coming. My cousin is coming from Sweden. She's 17 years old, coming with a friend of hers. Nice. Coming in on New Year's Eve. Wow. There will, I will be spending a lot of time in New York at the beginning of 2009. Oh, really good. Nice. Um, what about you guys? Any big Yule plans? I mean, my husband's in education. He's an assistant principal. So, you know, there's that whole, ah, that happens between Christmas well, and, for Dave, and New actually, Year's. For Dave, it's actually the exact opposite. Everybody yeah, wants the, to get their legal stuff done oh, before, before the end of the, the year. year. Yeah, the backup, the, the run-up to the, the end of December is just brutal. Frightening, frightening. Everybody yeah. wants to get their, their stuff done. Yeah, and so as a result, by the time the holiday hits, I am Toast. running to oh, it. No. 
with open arms. Yeah, you get to do you get to do the whole Yule Vigil thing, the whole heavy duty weekend, and then pop right back to like the week the week yeah. of work to end all weeks of work. Yeah, after the weekend of no sleep, I got three trials in the same day. Wow. <laughs> Woo-hoo! I I try not to write during Yule. I guess that's sort of my my uh, nod to the no business thing. And it's usually well, writing is your work. So. Writing is my work. Um, but it, it, it's also, I'm just too busy. You know, I find it really hard to get into the writing zone when I'm, you know, okay, I've got this Christmas party, that Christmas party. Because, you know, let's face it, everybody's got corporate Christmas parties or school Christmas mm-hmm. parties. Or, you know, I come from a, a blended tradition family, which is a nice way of saying that my family is still Irish Roman Catholic. Um, we you have know, Hanukkah on top of everything. You guys have Hanukkah, you know, so there's like, and then we turn around and oh my goodness, it's the, it's the new year. Um, so yeah, it's a really, and I, what, 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 you guys are probably crazy busy too, right? Or no, you get a break. Yeah. What's that? Got a break? You got a break? <laughs> we're just hanging out, not doing anything like we're supposed to, so that we don't have troubles. Because troubles are bad. School, huh? yeah. We don't like trouble. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know what our big plans are. We've uh, got some people visiting, some relatives. We're going to take a little trip maybe up you know, north a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Just that I know, I don't want to, you know, get into too many other secrets, but I know, you know, the Room Guild, the, do they do anything specific for you older group, or, um, uh, or are you not allowed to talk about that because it's well, a Room Guild secret? Well, I, I mean, if, if they do, they haven't told me. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really secret. Maybe you should get Sandy to help you lift it, though. I guess, have we not? Is there anything we haven't covered? Uh, what about, like, well, do you do you do, like, say or anything during Yule, or depend on the uh, meeting? Usually, I try to. To be honest, the last few years, I haven't, because things have just not mm-hmm. felt right. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not something that I'm going to just do, because... It's scheduled, and we must. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah. There has to be something that's really a community need. Otherwise, yeah. it's just not superfluous. Right. Yeah. Gra- graduate school kind of interrupted me. I was on sort of the Yule midsummer cycle mm. where I would do a public state ritual somewhere around Yule, which usually meant late November, early December. And then sometime around midsummer, which, you know, for me mean, means really between Trofut and midsummer. Um, because <laughs> that's my life, um, you know. But and I, I, we were talking about the divinatory aspects of, of Yule, and I think it's an interesting thing to do. But I haven't in the last couple of years. I really haven't. There hasn't been need. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, it's kind of interesting. Our main float is usually to Odin, and if it's not for whatever reason, we decide to to do something different. We usually have an Odin float later in the evening, simply because. Like Gerd said, I feel it's important to to acknowledge. Why don't we talk a little Odin. bit about why Odin for the people who are new um, to to Yule and to the heathen tradition? Because I mean, we're all like, yeah, Odin, of course. But we why? Odin why? Here. Why well, there's, Odin? There's certainly the folklore about the wild hunt riding this time of year. Yeah. And Sleipnir got the last sheaf of the harvest. Well, but the last sheaf of the harvest would have been. Right, and so, but then if you're harvesting this time of year, you're, you're really late. late. Screw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, going to be I'm really late. bad next year. Yeah. Yeah. There was going to be actually a question there, which was, which right. was, if he's harvesting the last sheep at the harvest, what are they doing, sort of between then and now, and why is it now Yule tide that all of a sudden can the canned herring? Oh yeah, yeah. Explain canned herring. Well, you're let me. 
non-growing times, you're living off what's in your basement. You're living off your larder. You're living off the remnants. And that's why Yule is such a fantastic party, because at this point, you've reached the halfway point. It's all downhill from here. And you know by Yule as to whether or not you're going to live through next year or need the help of others. Right. And usually at this point, you're, you're, you have the animals that you know are going to make it through the rest of the winter, and then there are the animals that are clearly not. And this is the point where you do that slaughter, and you you have the feast, otherwise they're going to go, going to go rotten. You're starving. These animals are not going to make it, so they would be the ones that would be called to... So how does Odin fit in with all of that? The, the, the big slaughter was probably a little earlier, right? Well, I'm, I'm thinking of not so much yeah. like a big, big slaughter, but like that, that the calling, sickly, that, that sickly calling off yeah. those sickly ones that at this point, you know, they've gotten, they haven't, they're just clearly not going to make it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, those and last few. That was, I, that was I, like, like Bede describes Float Monaf as the, the month where the, the, there would be all kinds of, of slaughters because it was getting bad now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was getting cold, and so they would do that. And that's, I, I uh, that's a, that's a couple months ago now. I mean, it was it's it's confusing because that's a lunar calendar. Yeah, we have to remember that that Yule is actually the middle of winter. Right. I, this is the, the confusing well, thing. We or think of winter. Germany, yeah. Europe, and yeah. well, well, not I mean, only, not we only think of winter as starting at the solstice, but in fact, no. earlier on, the year was divided into two big parts: winter and summer, mm-hmm. and and we're in the middle of it. That's why, you know, you can call this midwinter, you could call, uh, uh, you know, the summer solstice midsummer, because it was winter. Right. I guess what I'm talking about is what the, what the portion of the year where they do that initial slaughter, mm-hmm. to me, as, as far as, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the people that I've talked to that, that, have, that have farms, they do that as part of the harvest, and it's mm-hmm. regulated. It's not necessarily that they're sickly, but this person, we can't keep her... Right. In the group because she can't breed anymore. This ram has been causing trouble. It's the those are the calculated ones that you're making when you're figuring out how many people you're going to need to feed, yep. which ones need to stay, mm-hmm. and which ones need to go. But at this point of year, there's always going to be a few, a few other animals that aren't going to quite have made it. You're halfway through. I'm not talking about a big slaughter. I'm talking about those those last few that are probably just enough for one. Okay. One one party, one one go. My question remains: How does Odin fit into all of that? Well, he's the. I mean, or does he? I mean, is it? I kind of. Like, well, like, he's, he's the all father. He's well, he's the cargo death. god. He's, he's the, the cargo the... god. He's carrying. He's mm-hmm. all of that carrying of souls and stuff. I think. The the idea too of this as being the time when the the world is unmade and remade. You know, if if you look at at our, our myths. Woden is the big guy when it comes to making the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he and his brothers killed Ymir and, and shaped uh, the world out of his, his corpse. Yeah, he's certainly a shaper in that aspect. So you're saying anyway. because the world sort of ends and is reborn in 12 days, Odin needs to be a part of that. It's that it's a choice. Which you think that Billy and Bay, or Holder and Loder, depending on which version you're reading, um, are a part of it too? Well, well sure, they're, they're his brothers, but you know, they're... I'm asking the obvious thing is, is, is they're the wingmen. <laughs> they're the wingmen. Odin's wingmen, Billy and Bay. It's also a very liminal time because uh-huh. you have that big transition of seasons, mm-hmm. and for us, we see the calendar year shifting, and Odin is really that god associated with liminal time and space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
this like it's his it's I want to say it's his feeding ground just because that's what's coming to my head right now it's like that's what he thrives on mm. I mean because I've also heard about Frey too um, you know that people would swear oaths on the boar uh, right. you know before it was slaughtered for the, the, the Yule feast and to me you know when it comes to pigs it's usually Danica but I have also heard from other, and I, I, this is a modern thing. I haven't heard about it in folklore, to be honest. Um, but as a modern practice, I've heard uh, people talking about prey this time of year. It's sort of, okay, the sun's back. The fertility's going to come. We need to do what we need to do to make sure that, um, you know, the, uh, the disting goes well, the charming of the plow goes well. So, you know, I, and I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it, to be honest with you. I, I can see hey, why. Hey, podcast is where we challenge our questions. I can I can see why, but mm-hmm. I, I I'm I'm not com- necessarily. Yeah, I'm not convinced either. Well, the mm-hmm. the other thing to keep in mind is you you know we've got this twelve night you know holy time mm-hmm. where where the world is being remade. It it, it seems that you know you, you can't just say well that's just Woden. Right. It's and let's forget about the rest of those guys. Yeah. Because what the heck are they doing? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, everybody plays a role. The the you know the the gods who who are in Asgard aren't just you know a bunch of guys who happen to be there. Right. They they they've all got a function. Right. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not not that they're pigeonholed into functions per <laughs> se, but they they all you have evil do I knew that was true. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't mean it that way, but yeah. I mean they all have a part to play. Absolutely, and yeah. and so when when you're dealing with yeah, this type of year, this, this time of year when you have yeah. all this important mm-hmm. stuff going on, mm-hmm. obviously you know everything's happening. Right. Well, right, and that's probably why you see a, a lot of different lot mm-hmm. a lot of those different things. Yeah, and, and I mean, mother nights because there's so much going on. Yeah, so mo- you know, mother nights. You know, the this year the the ancestral goddesses, or I should say, the ancestral spirit essences. Because um, I don't know that. I don't know if this year are goddesses or not. That's a whole different podcast. But it really depends on how you define God. Precisely. Um, you know, but, but this year, but, you know, Frigga, I think, is a part of that. And, and you know, the idea of your mm-hmm. friend doing the 12 handmaidens. Um, you well, know. I would certainly think that, that Frigga and the handmaidens are important at Eol. I mean, I think they're important through the, that enti- the entire season because mm-hmm. you're looking at being housebound with a whole bunch of brothers who you may not right. <laughs> like. Yeah, and you've got, like, Sin, who's the guardian of the door, the heart of the, you know, the yeah. threshold. You know, saying, okay, you can come in and you can't, essentially, which is a really important thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Frigga keeping the peace because, you know, I mean, gosh, can you imagine? Drunk, old, drunk Uncle Sven may not be as fun if you can't send him home. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone gay Uncle Einar. <laughs> and drunk Uncle Sven, because, oh. oh, oh stories yeah. we could tell. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, we joke, but, but yeah, I mean, that's an essential function that, that women, I think, had a lot of the time, was to sort of, okay, now, Mediators. everybody breathe. Mediators, yeah. 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 Um, you're, on my, you're, you're stuck on my turf now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you think, what was the average long haul? Maybe 100 by 40? Maybe 100 feet by 40 feet? Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I don't, I'm throwing that out from my head, but I mean, maybe. Uh, and that's not a real big space. Um, you know, and here you are with a hundred of your closest kindred. Um, uh, whew, for it's several, fun the first several it's months. Fun, <laughs> it's fun the first few days, but it's all down. And then nobody bathes, and you know, <laughs> and you're in there with your cattle, uh-huh. and your goats, and your and your Chickens. your pigs, and your whatevers, and and all of you are there together with that big central fire, 
And uh, boy, I'm sure glad we have central heating. Because mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd have the patience. <laughs> I also heating. will say. How about plumbing? Pl- oh, my goodness. <laughs> plumbing, yeah. I think it's really nice also to have, if depending on for those people who work more with the gods than with whites and ancestors, mm-hmm. to have to be able to look at it from both the NACR centric viewpoint and mm-hmm. from a Vanek centric mm-hmm. viewpoint because it relates to both. Yeah, because just because it's the dark time and not a growing time doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's not a Vanek time in its own way. Yeah. Um, well, I actually one of the things that I, I always find myself doing at some point in one of the blogs is uh, whenever it's relevant, is bringing up the idea that you know. Of, of Narthus, even though she's covered in this blanket of snow, you can't really see her. She's not doing anything. Don't forget that she's, you know, still under, she's still, still there, under germinating. There. She's still under there under your feet. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't forget about that sort of stuff that's going to come. Right. Whenever you're you're cold and you're sick and tired and fed up about all this, don't forget that right under your feet is something that's you know not still yeah. all not that far off. Yeah, and whether or not you consider Scotty a bond, I mean that depends on whether or not she's married to New York when you're thinking about it, I guess. Because technically, if you're married to New York, you're a man. But, I mean, but I, what I'm saying is that there's that, <laughs> there's that hunter aspect. Everyone out there out. In, in podcast land, you're missing the severe eye rolling of, of Dave. <laughs> Dave loves to roll his eyes. But, he, but what, what I'm saying is that you know there are still entities that are out providing for the tribe. You know, they're out hunting. Mm-hmm. They're out. Absolutely. You know, they're out in nature. It's even you know, more imperative mm-hmm. that a time when you're looking, you may not be looking at the ability to, you can't, you can't trade. It's not like if you're getting mm-hmm. low on things that you can just nip over to your local Walmart. You know, well, <laughs> even, even if nipping on over to, to the next, your next door neighbor means dry, you know, driving on a, riding on a horse for two days, you can't do it in the winter. In six feet of snow. Right, you, you, yeah. you can't. You're, so what you've got is what you've got, and if you can't sublimate that with hunting and, and careful selection of of, yeah. of stock, then yep. you're. But it's yeah. still natural, and still you're still out and part of nature. Oh yeah, it's, and it's, it's imperative. It's, I think it's even more imperative mm-hmm. leading up to this and during this time that that yeah. that, that stuff happens. Definitely. You had something else to say, I can tell. Uh. Spear of Thorsman, talk to us about Yule and Thor. Speak of Thor. <laughs> Speak not of Thor without a mighty hammer. <laughs> End of the slinky. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I was actually working on a story for my boys about uh, after the whole episode with Ukar Loki saying, okay, well, now he's got these two human servants and they've gone back to his hall uh, with all the other gods, uh, you know, there. And uh, I just imagine that know, the Yule rolled around, and um, Thialfi and Rasma, you know, now are wondering, well, gee, how are our folks getting along? You know, we're not around. And so it's kind of making up a story for my boys about how they, they got a little homesick, and, you know, they're walking around kind of dour-faced, where it's like, I'm not putting up with this. You know, <laughs> what are you, ungrateful? You don't appreciate being here? Rada, rada. <laughs> And they said, no, 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 you're a good master. I love your, that's, that's another Yule story. Last year at Yule, we were having our, uh, our ritual last year at Yule. I always ask your kids if they want to participate, because it's up to them if they, if they do or not. And Josh looks at me and says, well, you know, what are you doing? Which I think is a really valid and intelligent question, right? You know, so I'm like, well, this is what we're doing, and this is why. And, and he goes, well... And he paused like that, and he's, you know, I could see him kind of chewing it over in his head, and he goes, 
would it be appropriate to hail Thor? And I said, yes, yes, it would be very appropriate to hail Thor. But what a great question. I mean, it was obvious that he thought it through. You know, and he was really thinking about what our intentions were and whether or not it would be okay. Um, but yeah. Is healing Thor in your bloke going to be okay? Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine, Josh. For a little... He was hailing Odin. For a little quick background, uh, my boys are being raised uh, Christian because that was the agreement I had with their mother at the time of our divorce um, before I was even heathen. Flip side of that is that I, you know, I'm not hiding who I am, right. and uh, I'm also very open with them about a lot of faiths, and uh, you know, in the world, I want them to understand, you know, and eventually make their own decisions. Yeah. So that was kind of neat for me when he did uh, want to participate in the ritual last year. Yeah, yeah, they're good kids. They're boys. You know how boys are, listening audience. But you know, they're okay <laughs> for boys. You know, they're good boys. Uh, <laughs> I don't have children, so you know, anytime there's noise, I don't know what to do. <laughs> but, uh, and, and I, I want to finish uh, this story uh, that I'm working on uh, because where it's going is kind of the idea of um, somewhat the uh, the good King Wenceslas idea, where mm. Thor's like, well, yeah, we should go take your parents some, you know, some wood to burn and some meat to eat and some uh, cool. y- y- yeah. Yeah, yeah Thor's got a good tradition of goat meat. Meat and drink. <laughs> and uh, we had a little problem with that family specifically when it came to goats. Yes. That's true. <laughs> yeah, don't break the bone and suck the marrow. That's yeah. the, the lesson. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that uh, that'll be up on our uh, Kindred website at some point. At some point. Maybe next year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to get finished in time for this. Right. It's okay. It's all okay. Um, there was something that I was going to talk about, and I forgot what it was. Oh, Good King Wenceslas. Um, question for the room, I guess, and then after that we could probably wrap up. We probably have enough material, right? Um, folklore and traditions like the Wenceslas tradition, um, like I know that the, the Christmas tree came really as a result of that Victoria and her husband. Um, more to the point, her husband coming over from Germany and, and bringing the tree to England and, and talking about that. Um, you know, do we adopt any of these? We, in the general sense, you know, adopt any of these sort of slightly older traditions? Do we think that they were adopted by the Christians out of stuff that we had? I mean, you know, it's always hard to draw these kinds of lines, but I think it's interesting to, um, con- like, was sailing. Absolutely. You know, if you want to talk about was sailing a little bit, because I know that. Well, I mean, the term wassail comes from Old English, right? Wassail, which means be hail, be whole, be hearty, be well. Uh, so when you say wassail to someone, you're basically saying, hey, here's to you, good health. And uh, that's the derivative of the tr- Old English tradition of uh, wassailing or caroling, you know, going around with the wassail punch. Which was uh, you would go get the wassail. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> right, right. You would have an empty bowl. The idea was you would go fill it. I think that was more dependent on whether or not the thing was good, as to whether or not you wore it or were given it. Right, <laughs> that's true. And as the night wore on, you probably wore more. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny how these things carry down through the ages. Uh, 
I remember going, uh, just spontaneously going caroling uh, with a bunch of my uh, college friends back in the day uh, after a snowstorm, you know, late in the semester mm -hmm. uh, leading up to the holiday. And, uh, and that people uh, opened their doors and literally came out with the hot cocoa. You know, it's some of these yep. things are just yeah, we used to do that. programmed yeah. into. I, it's for a I small think town, but yeah, it's we deeper it than than uh, culture. I think mm -hmm. it's almost instinctive that people are giving you a gift of, of energy and song and an uplifting spiritual thing, mm -hmm. and in return we must share what we can. Here's you know a warm drink for you. So, and uh, you know. What is the season? I mean, and this to me this ties back to Odin too, because you know his his by names, Wish Father, uh, uh, the whole idea of the, the gifting, mm -hmm. and and um, in our tradition the reciprocal, yeah, a reciprocity involved in gift giving. Um, we didn't talk about gift giving either. Yeah. So is this is going to be a two-hour podcast. <laughs> There's so no, much we I can talk we about. Yeah, it, it's hard, but I mean, you know, have we? I think if we covered everything that we think we need to cover, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> can be an important thing, but maybe that's a podcast all on its own. Well, the idea of and a gift for a gift should be its own podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if we cover everything now, what are we going to discuss next year? Right, exactly. That's true. Because <laughs> you so, guys have three years we... of me. <laughs> <laughs> should we close it up? Yeah, I think okay. we're, uh, we're good. Anybody else have anything they want to ask? No? Good Yule to one and all. And good Yule. Yeah. Oh, God, God. May you all have a happy, safe, and uh, warm Yule season, and may this lead to a prosperous and thriftful New Year. Wassail. Merry Yule, happy Yule. Merry Yule. You going to say something funny in one of the old languages or anything there? Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, goodbye, everybody. Thank you so You're much.
year. And when you have one barrel, we hope you'll have ten, so that we may have cider when we call again. And the night is long, and the day is gray, and the old Album The Castle of the Holly King by Shira Kamen from Magnatune.com. <laughs> 